Hi everyone, and welcome to the 109th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. And Sabrina! Hello! How's it going, guys? It's going good. Well. It's going well. Good. A lot of things, video game-wise, yeah, too, I, out, so I, super tired. I, <laughs> I, hear you're, I hear you're really busy, Sabby, so how's the NES Classic sales Please going? Pretty good. Well, <laughs> actually pretty bad, considering we're sold out and no one can buy anymore, so their sales have kind of, like, stopped. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just wait till you get a restock of them, too. Oh, man, it's going to be crazy. Exactly. But PS4 Pros have been selling pretty fast, actually. Really? So, but they haven't been sell- selling out, but... Like, do you do you typically get a lot of units of the PS4 Pro? Uh, we got a lot, and we had about uh, like like mid thirties like pre-orders stuff and, and whatnot. But we got like mm-hmm. extras. But everyone has been coming in just picking it up. That's cool. Yeah. But no, it's not. It's not selling out like the NES Classic did. No, NES like they had a specific amount sent to each stores and stuff. Okay, that's like so typical Nintendo. Nintendo always like understocks their releases to sort of create demand. I mean, I I bet you anything when they release the Switch, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, probably. It'll always be like that. Um, the only time that they actually like give us enough stuff is like Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. Because they know. Yeah. But they send us enough for <laughs> the know. time being, right? Like for the, at least the first like three days of initial launch. Yeah. Yeah, they re- they really want to incentivize people like downloading their games <laughs> cuz it's like right. Oh man. I picked up a PS4 Pro too and a 4K TV. Yeah. Oh, nice as a load. Um it, it, it's it's good. It's it's high the first game I loaded was the uh was Infamous Second Son. Oh, that looks great. Oh, nice. I turned on everything like HDR plus and and everything and my god. The colors are just so vibrant. Yeah. It just pops out at you. It's just, my God, I can't wait to play 15, and I can't wait for that um, PS4 Pro patch to come out for Did it. Did you yeah. adjust your TV for the PlayStation 4 Pro, or was it just kind of, like, pretty... Well, I had to adjust some of the settings, because, like, when I would turn on the PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. and I would go to, like, the video output settings, it would kept... It kept... Uh, it wasn't on, like, the right 4K settings, uh, like HDR. Yeah. Okay. Because like the, when I first hooked it up, I hooked it up to my Elgato, but the Elgato isn't 4K compatible, yeah. so I had to unplug that. So then I it was under 4K for one setting, but then it kept the but PS4 Pro sent me like a notification saying that you know, like your your PS4 Pro can reach its maximum settings by adjusting your TV. Mm-hmm. So I went in there and I just did the the settings, you know, trying to figure it out. And then I finally eventually got it to like the max settings I can set it for. So now it looks so much better than it did when I first started playing it, <clears throat> when I was playing it with my Ogalto attached, and because uh, that was only getting 1080p, 60 frames, yeah. which isn't too bad, but I wasn't getting the full 4K experience about it. That's cool. Which, uh, speaking of full 1080, 60 frames, uh, Final Fantasy 15 announced that they're going to get a pro mode that supports 1080p, 60, uh, Sweet. which is really crazy awesome, and... I just want to address that because I know on like a previous episode, I was talking about how you really shouldn't expect from PS4 Pro uh, patches for games to, you know, support 60 FPS because uh, with PS4 Pro, the usual, usually when it comes to PS4 games, the, the main limiting factor is the CPU power because the PS4 CPU is terrible and the, P, the PS4 Pro only 
uh, pushes the CPU up like 33%. Uh, so clearly, uh, in the case of Final Fantasy 15, it's uh, not what we would call CPU bound. Instead, it's uh, it seems like Final Fantasy 15 is GPU bound, which means the limiting factor for its performance is probably related to graphics and uh, you know stuff related to the graphics processing unit. So. Uh, in this one rare instance where Final Fantasy 15 is limited by graphics power rather than CPU power, that means that the PS4 Pro actually can benefit the frames per second of uh, Final Fantasy 15, which is to say, don't expect it from many other games because most games on PS4 are not GPU bound. They are actually CPU bound because the CPU sucks so bad on PS4. So just wanted to clarify that because... Uh, I was hearing, you know, people asking about, oh, what about Kingdom Hearts 3? Well, we don't know yet, because we don't know uh, how Kingdom Hearts 3 is uh, bound, so to speak. We don't know if it's like CPU bound, if it's GPU bound, and most likely it is CPU bound, because that's how most games are. But yeah. Well, hopefully once 2.8 releases, you know, um, people who interview Nomura about Kingdom Hearts 3 would hopefully answer that question, ask him that question. Exactly. So we'll definitely... We'll definitely get a good idea of how everything with K3 is going to work uh, with 2.8. Obviously, things can improve in the future, and they will, but 2.8 is going to be like the perfect testing ground for everything regarding uh, PS4 Pro and Kingdom Hearts 3. So anyway, moving on. For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. Uh, we release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, and... Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. We have a two-segment show today. First, we have news, and second, we have questions. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like what you're hearing and you want to support us, please consider supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com, slash FFKHUnion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. It's a whole separate show from what you hear on Final Fantasy Union and what you hear on Kingdom Hearts Union. It's a whole nother podcast. So if you guys like the idea of getting something extra, just pledge a dollar and you can get that. Uh, moving on, our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero. We have Christian Burge, uh, Joey Hinkle, who is at Oren Darkrend, Louis James, Satria Jaja Zudarma, who is at Satria 625 Ruben. We have Skylar Loveless, William Trangrove, who is at Varnish the Azure, Chris Morales, Eric Decker, who is at Chaco Taco, uh, Harley Crawley, who is at DarkZT Okami, and uh, Sabby, if you can take these next few. Okay, so we got Josh McNabb at J2K9, Michael Graham, Thorne Bolin at Massacre23, Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58, Alex Trotman at Akira Namejin. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Uh, Genesis Alejandro at Junison7. And uh, Churro, if you could take these last ones. Right. We got Jason Rivera at Neo Arcadiac. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Chris Russell at The Ninja Max. Manning Franks at Like underscore Peyton. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Muhammad Quayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Nack 95. Rachel Casterton at Obra Yoon Ray. 
then Evita Nidas at V underscore Tron 5000 and Zelda clone at Apes Type Novels. Thank you guys for your support. Thank you guys. Thank you. So be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Send us one question. Send us 20 questions. We always appreciate more questions because it, let it lets us know what you guys want us to talk about on the show. All right, guys. It's time for the news. Yay, news. Yay. It's all kind of leftovers. <laughs> you know, it's like after Thanksgiving. You know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving soon here in America. Uh, <laughs> or, or, I'm not in America, and neither Sevies. <laughs> I had mine October, <laughs> so, it's cool. so it's all no so it's only true. But we're coming up on American Thanksgiving. You know, after Thanksgiving, you got the, you know, you have a big massive feast, and it's all it's all great and gravy. And then after Thanksgiving, you have this, you know, little bit it's of like weeks upon little, end of leftovers, a little bit and of turkey leftover, <laughs> a little little bit of mashed potatoes still left in there, some cranberry stuff, and you know it all kind of looks gross, but it, it's it's still it's food and it and it tastes good. That's kind of like what this news is today. It's a whole lot of <laughs> leftovers, <laughs> and it doesn't Sorry. look that good, but we're still gonna eat it because. You know, there's starving children in Africa who don't have Kingdom Hearts news, okay? What an analogy. So you're going to sit and you're eat your vegetables, okay? All right, so first bit of news. Uh, the Kingdom Hearts 3 Sora Play Arts Kai was released in Yay. Japan. Yay. Churro, you have it. What do you think about it? Uh, it's actually it's really great. Like, the detail is a lot better than the previous ones. The only thing I just got to say is that the, getting the Keyblade... In the hand know, on his hand is yeah. the biggest struggle ever. It took me. Yeah, it was the worst struggle ever. Really, like everybody else, all the other players guys were like easy, but this one's all like didn't want to go on his hand. I'm like, well, this is a well, this is embarrassing. Bro, I had the oh, biggest man. trouble with the like the other two Kingdom Hearts two players guys because I cannot put the damn Q-Fleets in their hands without like prying them open. Yeah, that's what I had to do. I had to grab like a. <laughs> Like a little pliers oh and just like pl- pry the hand open and just like get it open enough so, so I can get the Just hold the keyblade, I swear. Just, just hold it. But getting 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 the guns on them is not as hard, but yeah. like the keyblade was just a different story. Churro, <laughs> I just I just remembered something. I think you can salvage this news episode. Do you happen to have the Play Arts Kai box on hand, like reasonably close to you? And can yes, I, can I you read do. the story summary that's read on it? it. <laughs> Do you yeah. want me to read it? Yeah, Story please time. read the box. Right, give me one second. I'll okay. grab it. Okay, thank you. Because apparently there's actually some story on it that uh, uh, kind of has not been released before. Hints, so some info, right? About so, some hints. what's going to happen. But Okay, it's a, it's a long read, so hopefully you guys are ready. Yeah, get some popcorn. It says, with the world under the control of a single master, the final struggle for true peace begins. Through countless adventures across many worlds in his long battle against the darkness, Sora, once a little boy who only dreamed worlds beyond his island even existed, has grown up to be a dashing young man. Now he is realizing that the battle has played out exactly as Master Xehanort had planned, and the second Keyblade War, the final struggle between light and dark, looms ahead. To counter the overwhelming darkness, Sora and his friends must gather the seven Guardians of Light. His best friend Riku and King Mickey seek out the battle-scarred Keyblade wielder, while Sora, Donald, and Goofy set off on a journey to find the key to return hearts. Never before 
feature Disney World set the stage for another daring adventure to, the, to save the universe. Chosen by the Keyblade, he is, wa- he is the one whose light's, heart's light never fails to shine as a beacon of hope. Sora, the brave hero chosen by the Keyblade, has always had a strong sense of justice. Through his many battles against the darkness, he has grown and learned about the world immensely. Drawn to his light, many friends have let him their support and granted him their powers to counter the darkness. Riku, the childhood friend he grew up with on Destiny Islands, Donald and Goofy, the two comrades with whom he has shared his adventures from the very beginning, and King Mickey, who unfailingly supports Sora with his own mighty strength. As the world becomes enveloped in another battle against darkness, the Keyblade wielder and his friends must rise up against Master Xehanort and thwart his plot to incite another Keyblade war. Oh boy. And there you have it. So there's some interesting tidbits, uh, namely the bits about what uh, Mickey and Riku are doing and what Sora, Donald, and Goofy are doing. I think that's finally kind of clarified but wasn't there. that revealed a long time ago though i think so but now it's like finally like set in stone uh and like explained together all at once so it's like so now we know specifically what they're doing and i have i personally haven't heard of the key to return hearts but it makes sense considering because uh, i think it was on the xbox one description if you uh, go to the xbox one well it's good to, with the game on it it's good to know anyway yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's good. It's good. But to I, th- know. I think, I, but it's one of those things where a lot of people don't go because a lot exactly. of people don't, aren't really getting on the Xbox One, so it's kind of like a forgotten thing. Yeah. So if you didn't know, that's that sort of explains what people are doing because I know for a lot of people they're sort of confused. What you know with with all these you know main protagonists suddenly added into the game what is everybody going to be doing for most of this game and it's now pretty clear what uh Sora Donald and Goofy's main mission is and it's to find the the MacGuffin to save the world <laughs> or to to bring back uh I guess Ventus or Terra well, well they need well they need Aqua to bring Ventus back so. yeah so I'm guessing that's that's Mickey's job and then Sora's going to get... Riku's job to find Aqua, then they'll use Aqua to get Ven back. And then from there, because, I, I mean, when you look at it that way, you think, I mean, Terra's probably going to be the very final one, at the, yeah. probably at the very end of the game, that he'll, they'll, that he'll come back. Yeah, so. exactly. And it's it makes me wonder, okay, so what's Kyrie and Axel going to be doing? I mean, you can sort of assume that maybe they're in training, and because... And and here's here's what kind of ticks me off a little bit, but it's like, well, what what do you expect? This is Kingdom Hearts; they always do this. But it like the way this is set up, it feels like, oh man, here's Namora at it again. He's making it so that ninety nine percent of the journey is useless, mostly filler. Ninety nine percent of this journey is going to be Sora, Donald, and Goofy going on a journal a journey to find a thing, and then. Right at the end, here's an entire war. <laughs> you know? Once we get Ventus back, that's probably going to happen at, at like the 80% point in the Well, maybe not Ventus back, but like at the 80% point of the game, that's probably when the war is going to start because that's at that point, it's probably going to be when everyone is ready to go. So it's like, here we are at it again. 99% of this game is going to be one long journey that 
is probably full of filler. And then, hey, right at the very end, the entire story happens. Here we go again. But that shouldn't be the case now, like though. March 2, just because, again. like, Kingdom Hearts 2 was technically that filler. And then yeah. you got more storyline and understanding, like, why that's happening from Birth by Sleep. And then mm-hmm. Dream Drop Distance was kind of, like, was, like, that, um, the climax point mm-hmm. for, like a, like, a story. It's, like, this yeah. is happening. So I feel like the beginning should, like, already be a bang unless it's, unless it you're going to pull, be. like... Unless you're gonna pull like you know how you play Roxas and being like who's this person who's Sora who, like where's Sora mm-hmm. I'm not playing as Sora right now type of thing like yeah I don't know if you guys mentioned like talked about it in another podcast when I wasn't here but have you guys ever mm-hmm. thought about if they're going to make other characters playable like if yeah play- uh, yeah you guys did I don't remember I don't think Demora's un- really it, it's unclear said anything about it yeah so far we don't know and it's been kind of unclear uh, I hope so. I definitely hope so. And it's kind of been like a, a little bit of a tradition to at least have one segment where you can play as somebody else, like with Riku. And, uh, uh, it probably Kingdom won't be to like the final battle. Like, yeah. I think, well, those, I think they're going to save something for that. We'll have to see for sure. Um, but uh, I mean, definitely, I would say definitely we're going to be crossing paths with a lot of people in like random worlds. Like you got to imagine that at certain points of the storyline, uh, you know, uh, maybe Riku and Mickey's journey leads them to the same world that Sora, Donald, and Goofy are at. You know, it, it was sort of the same thing in Kingdom Hearts 2, actually. Riku was constantly, you were constantly bumping into Riku randomly, you know, in his hooded form in Kingdom Hearts 2. So I'm sure something like that at the very least will happen. But we didn't have to but do just like quickly... repetitiveness like in Birth by mm-hmm. Sleep where you still had to go to the same worlds, but in a different, in a different order. Yeah, you, time. Didn't, you, didn't have, yeah. you didn't have to do that. So just to clarify what I mean by filler, I, I don't think filler is the right word. Maybe, <laughs> uh, so in terms of, pa- what I'm talking about is pacing, pacing of the story. So in in terms of pacing, if let's go back to the Thanksgiving, oh, the Thanksgiving <laughs> metaphor. So in your Thanksgiving meal, you got your meat and you got your potatoes. The meat of your plate is the main part that's the most important thing all the most important parts of your plot is the meat and then you got your potatoes this is you know in a typical kingdom hearts game if i was to describe the pacing of a kingdom hearts game it's like you have maybe like two bites of the turkey and then all you eat for the next solid half hour is potatoes (laughs) And and I need to rush real quick because Thanksgiving's almost over and I need to eat all this turkey immediately. That is how the Kingdom Hearts story ends up being told. Is that most of the plot happens, like, a little bit happens at the beginning, maybe something in the middle, but then, like, m- almost all of the plot happens right at the end. And in this instance, the way this plot is set up, it's set up so that most of the time... These characters are not attacking Xehanort. Most of the time, they're off pissing around the universe doing God knows what on a journey. Whereas the real part of the plot's going to happen when they start button heads and actually fight Xehanort and deal with this. Come on. You don't have to hold back anymore. I need to play more turkey. Well, what about ham? I'm, I'm a ham, I'm a ham hey dude. Hey man, so I'm down I for ham. ham. I'm down for ham. I'm down for turkey. I'm down for steak. Whatever, whatever kind of meat you want to throw, 
throw around. Let's let's have some meat. But what I'm saying is, Kingdom. There's too much dang mashed potatoes in this Kingdom Hearts series, and they need to pace out the mashed potatoes with the meat. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that that's what a wonderful what a wonderful tale that they left for us on the back of the box. Thanks, Chero, for reading that. Moving on. You're welcome. The, Kingdom Hearts- you know, the funny thing is, is that they. Still haven't had uh, given us the name of the Keyblade or the or his I know, guns. I know. Oh well. So anyway, yeah. moving on. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 Japanese pre-order bonus. There's going to be acrylic art stands, three of them, and they come randomly. And I'm not doing I'm not doing that pre-order because I'm going to buy it. Uh, I'm going to buy the American version because uh, I want to play it in English for sure. Brandon. Yeah. If I give you money, can you yeah, buy me, me too. one? No. No, because then I have to ship it, and I don't know how to do that yet, and that's too confusing, and I don't. Come on, they, you're, you're, I'll send you money for shipping Same. too, so you hey, just have to ask somebody. Yeah. Well, the good ask, news ask is kids, Amazon. Cool. They probably know Amazon can handle it for you with this new service called Amazon International. Churro, I'm sure you know how to use it because you got Sora that way, right? Yeah, but I, uh, that's more expensive because I have to buy it from a third party seller on Amazon JP. Oh, uh, um. I'm sure you'll find a way. Also, isn't isn't Play Asia probably going to do it too? I'm sure Play Asia's got. I, it wasn't hasn't been listed on there. Oh, well, the we'll only see. other site that I knew it had was Amiami, but that they're sold out of their stock. Okay, well, I'm just going to say I saw the the acrylic arts. They're cool. I like the art. I don't think I would want them uh, because I just I personally just don't <laughs> see a need for them. So Brandon, I'm not going to enable anyone either. For the team, get them for I'm us. I know, Brady. Come on. Anyway, moving on, Shinji Hashimoto was at the Luka Comic and Games uh, Convention uh, 2016, which, uh, was that in Spain? Was that a Spain thing? Or is that an Italy thing? Uh, I think it was Italy. Okay, I don't know. It was a it was a minor conference in either Italy or Spain, and there were some uh, interesting announcements. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance will finally, for the first time ever, I didn't even know they didn't have this before, but Dream Drop Distance will have a Spanish and Italian translation, which will come in the Kingdom Hearts 2.8 version of the game that releases in Italy and Spain, which is super awesome, because mm, now cool. more people can play Dream Drop Distance and be just as confused as we are. Yeah. So that's great. And then, uh, oh yeah, and just, just to reiterate, it's most likely only a text translation. They, you know, you're you're going to still have to play with English voice acting because uh, re-recording an entire Kingdom Hearts script is expensive. So don't expect uh, like voices to be in Spanish and Italian, but text for sure. Uh, and then next, uh, uh, he also said uh, 1.5, 2.5 on PS4 will have differences from the PS3 version, especially in terms of graphics, which I'm sure we can all expect. That's uh, so far, uh, you know, other games that they've released on PS4 that came on PS3 first, like for example the uh, Final Fantasy X and X2 HD Collection, uh, they featured some uh, graphical upgrades when they went to PS4, so not too surprising. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, X10 2 HD, some of the features that were added were there's like some ambient occlusion added, and then I think an unsharp mask, which basically just sharpens the image. Uh, but doesn't make it look too terrible. Because usually sharpening, image sharpening algorithms look kind of bad usually, but Unsharp Mask is not so bad. Uh, so yeah, those were the two things that it added. And then obviously we already know that uh, 
it will be uh, 1080p 60 on uh, base PS4, and we'll see what PS4 Pro adds as well. Uh, moving on from there, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 was featured in Shonen Jump, uh, and two new screenshots were shown. Uh, both were set in Dwarf Woodlands, which is the Snow White world. Uh, the first one is kind of shows off like a puzzle sequence where Aqua is uh, slashing at some overgrown vines in the Dwarf Woodlands. Uh, kind of reminds me personally of the uh, gear collecting uh, game or or quest in uh, in the 2.8 demo that we played at E3. So maybe that's the sort of uh, environment puzzle that they want you to take part in in this uh, area. And then also uh, there was a shot from a cutscene where Terra and Ventus were just sort of walking towards the woods. That's great. Like walking away. Walking Probably away. Just another bad. Yeah. Another image to. When you walk bring away, Aquadan. you don't hear me say something. Yeah, it, it's def- it definitely seems like it's one of those like memory things that Aqua's going through in the realm of darkness. So uh, it, it's cool to see. But now that we, I mean, now that we know the nature of what's going on with Aqua, like every time I see a screenshot like this, I just sort of expect that. All right. None of this is actually happening, so I don't really care anymore. But it's kind of cool to see, I guess. I mean, at the very least, my goodness, Dwarf Woodlands looks gorgeous. It looks so good in uh, in 2.8. Wow. Like, the woods are so lush and full of twigs and stuff. Like, (laughs) good gravy. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of gravy and Thanksgiving. No. Can you tell I'm hungry? Anyway. Moving on, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 has been rated by the ESRB E10 Plus, and this was the description. <laughs> this was the description for as why it got the rating it got. This is a compilation of action role-playing games in which players assume the roles of young warriors traveling through fantastical worlds to stop the spread of darkness. Players use giant key-shaped swords and magic attacks to defeat the Dream Eaters, classic Disney villains, and other creatures. Example, dragons, imps, slimes. In melee-style combat, battles are accompanied by light effects, cries of pain, and impact sounds. Enemies disappear into colorful orbs and particles when defeated. A handful of sequences allow players to throw projectiles at other characters from a first-person perspective. Some cutscenes depict human characters struck or wounded by magical swords and explosions. The word hell appears in the dialogue. (laughs) The, the, the last part of the end, the word hell appears in a dialogue. Yes. Um, I had to see if fantastical was actually a word. And it is. Is it really? Because it's just really random. And I'm yeah. pretty sure a parent reading this would be like, what the heck's a dream eater? What's well, a dream eater? I don't know. It's, <laughs> Imagine like, is like this going like to work as fragile like dream eaters and Disney villains? Some- what? <laughs> is this some kind of demon Pokemon thing? I don't approve of that. I don't understand it. Also really like the um, depict human characters struck and or wounded by magical swords and explosions. <laughs> magical swords. <laughs> oh, man. I could imagine like a parent reading this and being like, what is some cutscenes depict depict humans struck and wounded by magical swords and just sort of like snickering and be like nerd you want to play this what a nerd magical swords go play a f- star wars man whatever man uh and yeah i think 
and just addressing the uh, the word hell appearing in the dialogue, I'm if I'm remembering correctly, I think that's from Dream Drop Distance specifically, and I think it might have been Frollo, maybe, because <laughs> Frollo is a creepy priest from Hunchback of Notre Dame, and he's all about uh, hellfire and brimstone. Uh, Sorry, so I, I think I'm just remembering the fact that I called him Frodo once because I didn't remember. Oh yeah, Frodo. <laughs> it's a it. it's a close it's a it's a close name that's for sure. <laughs> so so that's the non news of of the week so far. Uh, there were sure was a lot of it, so that's great. But yeah, sorry guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your leftovers. Uh, don't forget to eat your peas. Uh, moving on to the questions. So as always, uh, if you guys want your questions answered on the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. This first question comes from Wanderer's Soul, and they ask, Namora has a strong track record for creating an involved plot for the Final Fantasy VII characters in Kingdom Hearts 3. Now that Namora is the director of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, do you think the character's involvement will be bigger than it's ever been before? And what do you think... Uh, what do you want to see from Cloud and Sephiroth in Kingdom Hearts 3? Well, of course it's going to be bigger than it is before. I mean, if you look back in the first Kingdom Hearts game, I mean, the whole showdown of fate it was, pretty know, small. was there to like bring you know Cloud and Sephiroth together for the first time in a different setting. You know, then it, then they go all out before they disappear. Yeah. And then here, then in Kingdom Hearts 2, there they are again, you know, with Sephiroth teasing Cloud about, you know, you can't escape the darkness, which mm-hmm. is Sephiroth. And Tiff is there finally, you know, being, you know, his light. Yeah. So now you finally, you may have a, and Sephiroth's been like the optional boss, you know, for both games. So I think we're kind of overdue for a number three battle against him with, you know, a lot more, uh, you know at stake and hopefully we can see a conclusion through this little storyline that they have maybe definitely cloud can finally have his you know peace and you know enjoy some time with his light i can't wait to see what what it's gonna look like on the the ps4 just because like what i've noticed about a lot of like the direction for square enix games on ps4 and even though like final fantasy 15 isn't directed by namora anymore this was in place when namora was still a director and it was having these massive set piece battles and you can see it in kingdom hearts 3 still like with the rock titan for example that's clearly a, a massive set piece boss fight like i want to imagine like a massive set piece boss fight with Sephiroth, maybe in his like safer Sephiroth form from the end of uh was, the end of seven. I was I was gonna say that as I was gonna say imagine fighting him, you know, like normally, like like uh like because you know most of his fights are like you know usually one offs except yeah. for the first one where you can keep selecting it. Yeah. Well, maybe you have you know first fight with him in his you know, human form. Yeah. And then then basically um the cutscene plays out where like Cloud goes after him, but this time Sora has the option you know to follow Cloud. Yeah, and then when you go through like a little darkness portal, and inside of that portal, it's like its own little time, several times in space. And yeah, I here wanna, he is, you know, either safer see, or you know. Yeah, I want to so see cool. him do that that one crazy attack where the big massive meteor comes through the supernova. Entire, yeah, supernova. This meteor comes through the solar system, destroying all planets, and then and then it comes to Earth, and then somehow it goes and blows up the sun, and then it's like, oh man, I want that. Well, it'll be, it'll be a nice coffee break then. Exactly. <laughs> it will look cool, though. It looks so cool, man. Yeah. Well, well, that's why you have seven remake to wait for that. Yeah, that too, of course. But yeah, I, I sort of feel like 
because because of seven remake like it's going to be like elevated to a level even higher than what it would have normally been because like if you remember back when kingdom hearts 2 was coming out uh namora's other big project was avenant children and the you know everything that was put into kingdom hearts 2 with regards to final fantasy 7 all had like a uh, an advent children tint to it you know cloud was in his advent children outfit tifa was in her advent children outfit sephiroth wasn't but you know there was a similar sort of storyline going there of sephiroth being revived it, it basically it was just like his blend you know of kingdom hearts and sephiroth exactly into it. so it's like i can't wait to see how final fantasy 7 remake reflects on the kingdom hearts story of final fantasy 7 and i also want to see personally i want to see it all wrapped up with you know what's you know what did zach have to do with all of this because clearly he had a role to play and clearly at some point something happened in cloud's life where he went super emo and he put on that crazy uh outfit that he had in kingdom hearts one to sort of like sort of as penance for what happened to his friend which we can all assume now is zach even though some people thought it was vincent because he looked like he was dressed as vincent but i don't know i want to see that whole aspect of it wrapped up and i also want to see the final climax wrapped up i want to get the whole story and now is the perfect opportunity to tell it because you know Nomura's in charge of the ff7 remake so he can uh, you know it makes sense to devote more time to this you know uh, you know if you would ask me if you would ask me back in the day you know it would have been a dead ringer final fantasy 15 would have been the main big final fantasy that is tied in with kingdom hearts 3 now no way i don't think final fantasy 15 is going to be there even like a little bit and i think 7 is going to take over whatever significance final fantasy 15 would have had and it's going to be huge that's my opinion sabby what do you want to see in uh in kh3 with regards to the ff7 stuff i just to me i just like having the battles to be honest and just having yeah. all those characters that have remained in the kingdom hearts series that because like they mm-hmm. there was like you have like cloud yuffie Aerith, and leon kind of as the main four and then they mm-hmm. try to throw in you know yuna riku and um yeah. in there <laughs> yeah so i don't I, like I, I agree with you i don't think they're gonna like throwing Final fantasy 15 stuff unless it's kind of like cameo yeah. stuff or like yeah like real quick stuff, stuff. but yeah, I'm expecting a more longer battle this time, and I'm excited yeah. for it because that'd be really cool. Now, here's an interesting thought. So, the the number one attack everyone dreads in a Sephiroth fight is the descending Heartless Angel, and uh, you know the one that takes you down to one health. And uh, you know, is it zero MP as well? I think it's zero MP. Yeah. So that's the one everyone dreads. Now, Nomura is, every time he talks about Kingdom Hearts 3, he's always referring to the fact that the movement mechanics in this game are elevated to such a crazy extent, and Sora has so much freedom moving in a 3D space. I'm dreading what he's going to make Descend Art Heartless Angel be about, considering all the abilities he's giving us. You know, it's one of those situations of, 
with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> well, especially if you look at the, you know, Kingdom March 1 and Kingdom March 2 battle. In Kingdom March 1, it was just that you just have he would to, like, teleport randomly, dash. and then all of a sudden he'll teleport farthest away from you, exactly. standing still and casting it. In Kingdom March 2, yeah, he goes you know, Namara high. made one of the combat you know, changes, you know, mm-hmm. that to be more aerial friendly. Yep. Exactly. So that, you know, in Kingdom Hearts 2, Sephiroth fight, you know, he starts on the ground, but he slowly, you know, you know, ascends in the air while yeah. casting it. So you have to jump up and try to hit him. Exactly. You so got to do aerial, imagine aerial dodges do and glides. Next, you know, iteration of yeah. that move. <laughs> yeah. I could see like, and on top of that, we have yet to fight Sephiroth with flow motion. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Plus, 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 we haven't fought Sephiroth in his full strength either, because exactly, you know, because when you when you defeated him in Kingdom Hearts two, you know, he's kind of like shrugging it off, like you, you like this was nothing. Yeah, like you know, you could tell that he, that's not his full strength that you're fighting him at. So yeah. I want whatever it is, I want it to be as grand and epic as the ending, uh, the final battle in Kingdom Hearts two. I want it to be that big. I'm sure that, you know, the typical boss fights in Kingdom Hearts 3 will probably be at that level. And then the final boss fight of Kingdom Hearts 3 is probably going to be even more insane than the Kingdom Hearts 2 final boss fight. But I want the Kingdom Hearts 2 final boss fight to kind of be the level that, you know, Sephiroth is at. Because, you know, Sephiroth perfectly would fit for a multi-stage fight. Because that's what he was in in, in Final Fantasy VII. So, like, there's an established progression there. It'd be cool to have that whole progression, you know, starting in his human form and then getting him in, into his next form and then getting him into his final, you know, safer Sephiroth form. Like, and then fighting him all through that way. Like, it seems like it would be appropriate, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, he's still an optional boss. Yeah, he's still an optional boss, that's for sure. Because that's still a lot of optional. work to put in for an optional boss, right? Like, because people it are going to attempt but... it, but like, if it's too strenuous, then not a lot of people are going to complete it, unless, like, yeah, some people are going to really want well, to. Well, I mean, look what happened with uh, the mysterious figure in Birth by Sleep. Yeah. But it's it's not, I mean, it's that, not like the, the boss was, you know, insane. And Nomura even went on record saying that his own staff couldn't beat him. Yeah, exactly. And like, it's not the first time that that sort of thing is happening. Uh, Adamantoys in Final Fantasy 15 is a, literally a massive mountain. <laughs> and uh, it's just sitting there for most of the game. And if you want to fight him, you can fight him. But that's not going to be easy. And that that was not an easy model to make. So it's like... It's it's not entirely unheard of, and like even even Kingdom Hearts, you know, puts a lot into like special extra content, like secret endings and stuff like that. Those aren't cheap to make either. So now, one way they could handle it though is they could make it so his like if it's like three forms, hypothetically speaking, they could make it for so his first two forms are kind of reasonable to fight like they're they're still challenging but they're still kind of reasonable and then the real tough as nails part is his final form and then at the very least most people will have at least seen all the forms and fought every part of it so at least the assets don't go to waste and the only thing they'll probably miss out is on the final cutscene and i'm sure a lot of people probably didn't see the showdown of fate cutscene in kingdom hearts 2 and that wasn't cheap to make either so I don't know, but that's a good point. Yeah, it's always a, a, a struggle for developers to, you know, come up with difficult content because they're afraid people aren't going to see it. Because in reality, most people don't finish games, like period, like at all. <laughs> like it, it's it's really bad. Like if you look at like completion ratings 
on uh on on games uh like for example if you look at the trophies and achievements that you earn just for completing the game and see how much of the people what percentage of the players of that game have achieved that that ranking of just seeing the ending like it's shockingly low like usually like 40 percent is a good metric like if you can get 40 percent of your players to finish your game that's good so yeah i i feel for i feel for these developers when it comes to late game content and optional content so anyway churro if you could take these next uh this next one all right, this is by uh, Kevin Thang, and he writes, In the 2.8 TGS trailer, there is some gameplay shown of 0.2 where the classic shortcut menu pops up, but on the side of it, there are some arrows and dots that seem to imply there are two shortcut pages that you can scroll through, which would be amazing. I have always enjoyed magic in Kingdom Hearts, but always had to choose between four spells and or items to rely on and was never able to fully enjoy all the magic offered in the earlier games that didn't have command decks. My question is, what quality of life gameplay features would you like to see in an upcoming and future Kingdom Hearts titles? Okay, so I'm also the same with magic. I like enjoy, like I've come to enjoy magic more along the times every time like I've played Kingdom Hearts, so I've used magic more often. Um let's be honest here, there's going to be like like three that are going to be kind of your main magic ones. Um but as to show like for shortcut pages if they like extended the shortcut page like not to make it two pages because then you have to do the extra work to actually change it over then it's mm-hmm. kind of not making it a shortcut it's more making it like another like it's just changing the other command style to mm-hmm. something else so if they add like a fifth slot or you can earn a fifth fifth or sixth slot that'd be kind of cool mm-hmm. Um, cause that would be handy. Cause like, obviously like I like having cure, but sometimes like if I don't have any MP right now, then I would like, I don't want to, like, I would like to have an option that's dedicated to just items. So I don't have to use up a certain shortcut for magic. If I really wanted to, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So you'd be having your four main magic spells and then you can add two slots to just be items and you can mm. change that to anything you want. But the problem is, is that cause it's the four buttons. That's your, yeah. you kind of have to deal with that. But, okay, let's say, yeah. hypothetically speaking, talking about this whole pages thing, what if, instead of thinking of these as pages, what if these are, like, different loadouts? Like, different... So, for example, you have one loadout, and it's only three or four spells, and it's for a specific kind of battle, and then if you need a different loadout of spells, a different, you know, four-spell combination, you can, like, hit, like, the L1 or R1 button, and it'll switch to that paradigm, and now your shortcuts are mapped to those four. You know, would that be maybe better? Like, for example, let's say a particular boss, you know, the magnet ability and the reflect ability and uh, healing and fire is all you need. But this boss needs uh, thunder, fire, and uh, arrow, and, I don't know, magnet. Like... And if, if you know, you, you can easily swip, swatch, switch them on the fly just by hitting one button and that's it. But you have to remember which ones like you have. A, like a, that's the, that's yeah, the only you have issue. to remember is which it, ones you have. Well, is it kind of like a, like an MMO where you have different like shortcuts yeah. set so you can choose a different page yeah, and stuff? Yeah, basically like that. All different or abilities on I it. hate to invoke Final Fantasy 13, but like paradigm shifting 
Like you're switching okay. paradigms to a different uh, set of uh, magic. And, you know, instead of it being a different page that has the rest of your magic, it's a different page that has one small set of magic that is different from the other small set of magic you were just using. It's ba- basically, it's like the decks that you have in in like Birth by Sleep or in Dream Drop Distance or, I mean, even Chain of Memories to some extent, but it's a deck of only four abilities. It's, and, and, you can, and then you can switch it depending on what, you know, you're, you're about to fight. You know, if you know a exactly. boss fight with specific elements to it, you can switch to a deck that's more commonly used for that type of fight. Then when you're done, you switch back to like a normal set. That you'd yeah. Use. Or you could have it so it's like based off of the the different uh, ideas that they put out in uh, chain of, or Unchained Key. You could have your speed set, you have your uh, attack set, and you have your magic set. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. That's... Like I, it's a different I, way. Yeah, they're they're all they're all different types. So for me, it's just like I'm just like I don't know where the spell is, and I have to like shuffle through a bunch of stuff, being like, okay, where are you? Where did I put you? And if it, it's like if I even put it as a loadout too, right? Yeah. But yeah, no, like all of these things like could happen if anything. Um, I would also yeah, like auto saving because auto saving, yes. Because that would be super no, duper lovely. Nobody likes to save. So when I die, exactly. I don't have to be like, mm, back at this beginning again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for me personally, I don't know how you guys would feel about this. I, I personally feel like it doesn't quite fit in Kingdom Hearts, but I would love to see it anyway. And at the very least, I want to see it in FF7 since it has uh, a similar battle system. And it's the wait mode that Final Fantasy XV has, but not... The one that Final Fantasy Fifteen has exactly because I hate their wait mode because it has like a uh, a timer set to it. I like the idea that I can, with a push and hold of a button, you can pause time and then tell your party members to do a specific ability on a specific enemy, and you can have full control of all the characters in your team. I mean. When I say full control, I just mean you can tell them what ability to do and what to do it on, and that's it. And I just like that that feeling because that's something that Mass Effect 2 did, and I've always wanted to see that implemented in an action JRPG like Kingdom Hearts, like Final Fantasy. And I feel like Final Fantasy 15, they're trying to do it, but they, in my opinion, they kind of did it in a really dumb way because you have to actually go into your like options menu in like the main system options menu to enable it and it's like what that should be mapped to a button like that should be important so i'd like to see that sort of thing you sort of hold a button and then you're in this wait mode and you can instantly tell your party members what to do what on what character and you can have a lot more control a lot more strategy in your battles you can also tell them things like come to me or you know all those different ai settings that you can do in the menu you you know, those sorts of things you can sort of like map to an option in there. I just like more, more strategy. I guess it's less of a quality of life thing and more of a, like a mechanic or a feature, but I think it'd be kind of cool. I mean, and you have more control. I, over I, was Donald kind of, and Goofy. I was kind of surprised that they had that in Kingdom Hearts 1 where you can send, you can have call back Donald and Goofy or yeah. send them to wherever you're fighting, but then they didn't put that in for Kingdom the future games. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be kind of cool to see something similar to that return. And for me personally, I'd like to see it in the form of like a wait mode mm-hmm. where I can sort of like hold hold a button, pause the action for a sec, and then like tell 
my peeps to do what I want them to do. And then once I let go of that button, they just do it. And that's how it works in Mass Effect. Actually, in Mass Effect, it's really crazy. Like, when you hold the button, once you tell them to do everything, the instant you let go of that button, everyone does everything in that exact instant. So it's like, it's it feels really good in Mass Effect, and that's why I've always loved it, and that's why I always wanted to see it. But I will say, just arguing Devil's Advocate, or Nomura's Advocate in this case, uh, I could see why he wouldn't want this, because it because Kingdom Hearts is more of an action game than even Mass Effect is, this can be seen as something that interrupts the flow of the action, and maybe he doesn't see the the way it fits into the game flow. I would say personally, as someone who played Mass Effect, it did not interrupt my game flow at all. It actually enhanced my game flow because I felt more in control. I feel like one downside of these like more flashy action games is that it's really easy to lose track of what the hell is going on in the game. And I feel like being able to breathe for just a second and look at what the hell's going on is very useful. So that's my that's my little uh, political speech about why I think you should vote for wait mode. What do you guys think? <laughs> Is I there think any I other quality of life things to you be want? Like, no, Donald, don't heal yourself. Heal me. Like heal exactly. Me. <laughs> don't don't heal. Just ban him from it's healing like, himself. Not or goofy, you just heal or you. Donald. It's fine if he exactly. gets like KO'd for a little bit. Me, me here. Ex- Make sure it's me. Exactly. And well, that that is definitely that is one way of handling that. That was actually one of the things that I would do a lot in Mass Effect, for example. I don't think they had like an explicit heal function, but they did have like a shielding function. And I would always like once I run out, I would instantly hold the wait button, tell my uh, biotic. Uh, character to hey cast a barrier on me and then the instant I let go I instantly have a barrier and that has saved my life a lot in that game so that's one way you could do it like hey Donald instantly cast cure on me now and you would just do it sure is there any quality of life things that you want weight mode or otherwise just anything I I, I mean after playing the uh, 15 demos yeah you know, I really like the whole like the whole co-op like yeah, it was a good yeah. start with kingdom march 2 mm-hmm. you know just by you know pitting triangle but like i wish that they would put take you know that idea from 15 you know mm-hmm. and expand upon it from um in kingdom march 3 you know do more with your player characters you know you know be able to stun bosses being able to you know to do party attacks to do you know yeah you know make it make the flow of the battle seem more than just button mashing you know you make your party members more than just afterthoughts you know someone Definitely. to save you by curing your tossing you a potion you know they you make them more you know make make you care about them more during battle exactly pretty much and going off of that i definitely i mean i i, I think i brought it up on last podcast but i really like the idea that ff10 brought to the table where each party member had a specific type of enemy that they were strong against and it was actually mm-hmm. like really incentivized for you to use that character to fight these kinds of monsters for example when you know lulu has magic so lulu can kill flans really easily waka has a blitzball and he's really good at attacking flying enemies Tidus is really good at attacking really fast enemies. Oren can do piercing, so he's really good at armored enemies, stuff like that. It would be really cool if there was that sort of strategy to things, but 
you know, applied to your characters and uh, to the other characters in your party. And maybe you can like mix and match the way you load them out or the characters you bring with you into battle. And that will determine how the battle goes. Like it, it, and I would love for that too, because like I said, you know, it makes you, like I said, it's kind of like planning a strategy. It's like, you need to know what you're facing against and rather mm-hmm. than, cause remember, cause everybody makes fun of Kingdom Hearts for being button mashing. Then Kingdom Hearts 2 comes around and it's like, oh, it's button mashing with triangle. Exactly. You know, it's like, you need more than that, you know, to try to mix it up. But like when you look at speedrunners, you know, they, they, they use everything at their disposal, you know, mm-hmm. co-op attacks, magic, uh, summons. You know, it's like you, it's, I mean, everybody has a different play style, but, you know, but like when you have all that, you know, in your, you know, in your repertoire, you know, you should be able to, you know, use everything, exactly. you know, to your advantage, you know, rather than just say, okay, let's just use this setup. But, you know, when you get to a certain point in the game, it's more like just button mashing your way through and casting a few magic, you know, during certain periods. And that's really it, you know? Yeah. So yeah, any but like also another mm-hmm. quality of life thing I yeah. really want is after playing you know the uh, the new fifteen demo the yeah. judgment one, um, I really like it if Donald Goofy and Sora can just interact as you're traveling. Yeah, definitely. yeah, that'd be cool. It makes it makes it like less boring when you're going from point A to point B. Exactly, with no words interacting with each other. And not all, not only that, but like them commenting on the world and like giving you more lore about the place you're in or maybe even just like 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 there's there's uh conversations that the 15 characters have about the world that they're in and like stuff they're experiencing about stuff that's happening in the story at that moment and then there's stuff that is like general that they tell about their backstory like oh remember when we were kids and we did this stupid thing or you know like yeah you get to learn more I mean, about I understand their backstory their, i understand aqua is doing it in you know, 0.2, you know, because she's just by herself. She's more yeah, like so talking to herself. It's pretty too. limited with Aqua, and that's mostly because she's by herself. And it's if I remember like, correctly, most of it was just, like, her commenting on what's going on in the world. Yeah, like, you know, when she sees a gear, she's like, when you see a gear far away, she's like, like hey, oh, there's a gear up there. There's a gear you know, up there, like, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's almost like, like a help thing. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's helping you, the player, to, to find know where these to go things. next. Yeah. You know, and then like, like, like you said, you know, going on with the characters, you know, talking about the lore, like, for example, you, you're, I mean, you're finally going to, you know, Mount, what was it Mount Zeus and Hercules, yeah, exactly. I think it's called. Yeah. And then imagine having Hercules in your party, you know, yeah. or Hercules, you know, when you're walking around, Hercules, you know, can say random comments saying, this is where I was born. You know, this is where, you know, my father used to, you know, do this for me when I was a little kid, you know, just have random chit chat, you know, of the world, you know, just explaining to Sora, you know, because, you know, the main one of the big things about Kingdom Hearts is visiting Disney worlds and yep. be able to have that you know type of thing in the each world would you would make it more lively exactly the good news is it seems like that idea came uh from namora uh to to be included in final fantasy 15 because if you look back into like older versus 13 interviews he would always talk about how he wanted to incorporate a lot of what he called interactive cutscenes, like stuff that happened Stuff that they would normally put into a passive cutscene, but it would happen while you're still playing the game. And the way that was implemented in Final Fantasy XV is through banter. You would walk around the world and then 
procedurally the game would have the characters start talking to each other about either stuff in the world that they see or about just random stuff that they feel uh actually one one that i heard that was kind of funny is like noctis if you uh put him in like really if you make him really bundled up like you put him in a jacket and you're in the middle of that opening desert area he'll say (laughs) he'll say it's hot it's hot and gladio is like well take your jacket off (laughs) it's like just st- yeah, stuff like, like that. Stuff like that, and plus, even during battle too. Like, if you get a like, if you get like a critical hit on something, yeah, like prompto. Well, let's say like nice shot knocked. Yeah, nice shot knocked. Exactly. Stuff like that. Like stuff like that would add so much to it, and especially because Kingdom Hearts, well, it does have a lot of cutscenes. It doesn't have a lot of character building cutscenes, at least compared to like your typical JRPG, where you have a lot of cutscenes that are based around you know, character development and their relationships with each other. There was a lot more of that in Kingdom Hearts 1, but I feel like in, like, these future games, or more modern Kingdom Hearts games, it's more about the lore, the plot, the characters in these Disney worlds, and what they're going through, and less about Sora, Donald, and Goofy, and their own interpersonal relationship, and I think stuff like that would really add to it and fill in that gap that we're missing and I, I think with the upcoming keyblade war it'd be kind of nice to see what everybody's feelings about it yeah you know when you're Especially walking that. around you know you know one world you know you can hear like goofy say gorse yeah you know this this keyblade war is making me you know scared yeah you know then donald would say oh would you you know stop being a scaredy cat you know yeah to have that kind of banter you know about what's coming you know would be yeah or something you know, like donald saying like oh man like, you're afraid of the Keyblade War? I'm afraid of Daisy. Do you know how long it's been since I've seen her? <laughs> like something, Yeah, something like something that. Like so, that. I mean, because it also helps character development because, you know, they they get to see, you get to see more about them, you know, personally. Exactly. So Well, one game that does really so, well on that is Uncharted 4 where you have optional oh, yeah, like, passive. For sure. Passive stuff. You press triangle yeah. to set it. Um Mm-hmm. The Last of Us is yeah, like that like too. Yeah, it's really, yeah. it's really cool how they do it because it's, it's just so fluid, right? It's just like a normal conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, so yeah, I definitely want to see that, and especially since, well, especially since it's possible that we might also have, you know, other characters as our party members that are main characters like Mickey, Riku, Kyrie, Axel. And then obviously the Disney characters that are in the worlds that, you know, we're visiting. Like there's so many opportunities for interesting conversations. And on top of that, typically these interactions are actually very easy to produce in like a massive volume because it's usually just audio that they have to record. And then what the then the big burden is on the programming side. They'll usually have to come up with some sort of auto lip syncing system to handle the uh the dialogue so uh in final fantasy 15 they have an auto lip syncing system that they built from the ground up uh for kingdom hearts they would have to do something to that effect uh either they would have to build it themselves or they would have to license something but once they have that system in place all they need to do plug in some audio and it just reads the audio and they do their lip sync as best as they can and since your camera isn't like right up on their face it won't look that bad because you know you're seeing it from far away so uh yeah i think that uh, pretty much wraps up that question uh and sabby uh if you could take this last one sure uh clover 147 hi there considering how kingdom hearts 3 is going to be 
open world in a sense for Disney World, and in previous games there were segments into rooms. How do you think checkpoints and saves will work? In the other games, the checkpoints were from each room for a defeat, and saves were scattered in every few rooms. Since there seems to be no rooms in KH3, how will they work? P.S. Keep up the great work. All right, so thank you. Thank you. We really appreciate that. So first, um, just to address the whole open world thing. So as far as we know, Kingdom Hearts 3 is probably not, I wouldn't classify it as open worlds, but what I would classify it as is it's going to be the biggest Kingdom Hearts game you've ever played in terms of level design. Like these are the going to be the hugest rooms you've ever played in a Kingdom Hearts game. And coming off of Dream Drop Distance, that's saying a lot because the rooms in Dream Drop Distance were actually quite massive. And these will be even more so uh, in that respect. Now, uh, speaking with regards to, uh, you know, how are these, how is the checkpoint system going to work? How are rooms going to be divided and all that? Uh, since we don't have 2.8 in our hand just yet, we don't know. Uh, obviously, 2.8 is going to show us, but I would say the best analog for how this can work in the future is just, you know, typical modern AAA games. How do they handle it? You know, usually the way it works is every now and again, uh, they will do an autosave. And sometimes it's based on time, and sometimes, and usually, this is the case, it's based off of where you are physically in the world. So, uh, basically, there are these invisible barriers, these invisible checkpoints. There are like these, like, like if you want to know what they're actually, what they actually look like to a game designer, they're these big old boxes. They're actually cubes that you place in the world, and you put a flag on it in the prog- in the code, and you basically say, uh, when uh, uh, if player has entered this box, uh, then uh, uh, create a checkpoint or do an auto save, something like that. So instead of it being room based, you are plopping checkpoints, which are basically these these boxes that players will walk through and uh, you'll place them around the world in specific places. So right before the entrance of a boss room, for example, or, you know, right before, you know, you enter an area that has a, you know, insanely powerful enemy that they randomly placed in there, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, we were talking about uncharted recent, uh, you know, just in the last question, uncharted handles it this way. Uh, a last of us handles it this way. The great news is that uh, Kingdom Hearts isn't the first game that's going to have to tackle the whole idea of having a large level or even having a seamless level, uh, which we don't know how seamless they're going to be. But assuming it's seamless and there's there really is no rooms to speak of, but it's this long winding path, uh, then the way they're just going to handle it is instead of it being these individualized rooms, there'll be places uh, in the game code where there's literally just an invisible box placed. And if Sora and company walk through that box, they'll do a autosave. That's like the easiest way. That's how everyone does it uh, these days. That's how Final Fantasy 15 does it. If you, uh, if you notice when you walk into the uh, dungeons in Final Fantasy 15, they usually will autosave. And that's, uh, that's, that's how that typically works. Uh, I remember in episode Disguise, they like even ask you, they do like a, a, a pop-up prompt. Hey, we, we noticed you're entering a cave. You want to save? <laughs> Saving's a pretty good idea, man. There's, there's some gnarly stuff in here. So we have this technology. Don't worry. 
it, it will be done. Now, in terms of how open world it is, we don't know. Uh, going based off what we played at E3 of 2.8, it didn't feel that open world, but I could see how maybe it's seamless, you know, at least within its own, within one world, as long as nothing too crazy changes in the world. But in 2.8, it seems like a lot of crazy stuff happens. Does anyone else have anything to say on this subject? No, because we kind of like, kind of covered it in the last one. Yeah, exactly. It's like, the good news is Kingdom Hearts isn't the first game to tackle this kind of thing. And uh, there have been a lot of really great examples of how this can be tackled. So I think this is just going to be a case of them uh, modernizing the game a little bit. Now, one real quick thing I want to ask you. How do you guys feel about if they just remove save points altogether? How would you feel if they just got rid of them together and you could either... Either you only relied on auto saves, or you could auto save and you could do saves anywhere you want. You just go into the menu and you just can save. Just the menu to do it. Okay, so I the save points were handy for me, especially for leveling up forms, because you do mm-hmm. the trick. Yes, exactly. Like, like you, you do you do the trick where you like make sure you get there yes. in time. But like mm-hmm. final form, like then you it makes leave you into the world over it and you just kind of like no, like come back. Like, anyways, but that's. The only reason why I would still keep it, um, auto saving mm-hmm. is just handy because because there are times where I don't think it's going to crash on me like how Cage like two uh, final mix has done on me a few times where I like run through actually most of the world that never was and never saved because it was just like the one time playthrough of it and I was doing fine yeah. until it crashed and then I would start over and fight all those bosses yeah. again. Uh, that's when save that's points that's when that's when um auto, auto saving, saving would, would be have saved really you. handy but i don't want it to yeah. be excessive as in like if anyone has seen how skyrim does it it's like every like yeah. 30 30 like 30 walks or whatever your feet walking it auto saves immediately yeah. i don't yeah. need that i would, I just need, I would like, say the, the yeah. one the one main thing that we would be losing out on and you sort of hinted at it is we'd be losing a safe place to immediately heal for free. Yeah. And restore everything. That's the one thing we would lose going to this system because for other games, so like your Uncharted, your Last of Us, all those games, the way they work is they don't need that kind of system because they have auto-generating health. So they don't need they don't need a specific restore point. And I don't know about you guys, but I personally don't think auto-regenerating health makes sense in a Kingdom Hearts game. But I think if there was no way for me to restore my health without using limited-use items, I think that would be a little bit too punishing. So, how you guys feel about having save points I now? Think, I think at the end of the day... <laughs> I, th- I think they should have like a like a big, like a harder mode. It's like no save points yeah. you have to rely on. <laughs> On items. items. The only I mean, big difference between the two modes is one has no save points. Yeah, I mean, we could have like healing places. Like, there's there's fairy fountains in Legend of Zelda. Obviously, there's not many of them, but like in and you know in other games they have they have places where all it does is heal you. Like, there's that too. And, and yeah, I mean, they can just easily add you know something there. Just like walk over it, and your your yeah. things are healed, and then you just move on after that. And here's here's another thing that I just realized. Uh, another thing save points are important for are changing your party and going to the gummy ship. So I think we, we might need still them. need we kind of still need them, but we may not need them necessarily just for saving. Yeah. Like 
we may not even need them for saving at all. Like <laughs> we could just save like normal everywhere. And then I mean, the, I mean, you, the could, you could change thing. your party members without a save point in Kingdom Hearts too. Yeah, oh, true. Just go party. Well, but I think also at the end of the day, I think we all have to realize that because we've played Kingdom Hearts from back onto the PS2, the demographic mm-hmm. of us playing it, like we require something more of a bigger or higher difficulty as opposed to yeah. like why it's like why it's rated E and 10 plus yeah. is because they mm-hmm. still have to cater to the demographic that's growing into the series that likes of Disney. Hearts, right? Yeah. So they can't make it that complicated yep. for them. Unfortunately. Okay, here's the idea. Instead of save points, there'll be gummy ship waypoints, because that's the only thing we still can't do. And and at the gummy ship waypoint, it heals you. Okay, there you go. Problem solved. And you can save wherever but you like want, Travis and you can change your like party wherever you want. You can just go into a want. door and it becomes a gummy ship. Yeah, I mean, there's that too. You can always have that, but we <laughs> may not have that anymore. We may not have that anymore because the worlds are more realistic now. I don't know. We'll see. There's options. That's that's the answer. Okay. <laughs> So that pretty much wraps up our question segment. Moving on, uh, for the music for this episode, we have a wonderful and rare treat. We have a cover of Night of Fate Yo. from Kingdom Hearts 1. Awesome. The battle theme that plays at Destiny Islands when, uh, you know, the crap's hitting the fan when the whole world's being destroyed. So it's a cool rock and metal cover, so please enjoy it. This comes from Brian N. on YouTube. He's got a lot of really great covers. Please check him out. Uh, so our next Kingdom Hearts union is scheduled for November 29th. Dun, 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 we're not going to be here to do it's... the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be here to do the podcast. But, but playing Final Fantasy we'll, 15 in we'll... the background. <laughs> well, no, we, no, record, no we record the podcast. We record the podcast prior, but I'm just saying, look, I'm just telling you if, guys. If it's late getting uploaded, yeah, it's all that's all right. Very true. It's, that, it's, it's not going to be my fault. Well, that don't worry. I'll have it uploaded. I'll have it edited way in advance. Don't worry about that. What I'm just imploring you guys, please, just because, just because you're you're going around, you're gonna be exploring the world of EOS, doesn't mean you don't have to listen to Kingdom Hearts. Uh, you, you don't have to listen to Kingdom Hearts Union. Look, the way it's gonna work is you're gonna download Kingdom Hearts Union, and when you're on your road trip with your bros, you're gonna listen to Kingdom Hearts Union. It's the perfect road trip podcast, guys. You need this. So I'm telling you, don't miss Kingdom Hearts Union because it's November 29th. I'll be listening to myself, so you listen to it too, okay? So everybody still listen to the episode. Final Fantasy XV is no excuse to miss this podcast. And rant. (laughs) And as always, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUNUVIDS, or... Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KH Ultimania. Alrighty, and remember, if you guys like the show and you want us to get better, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Uh, and if you guys want your questions answered on the show, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. Alright guys, it's goodbye time. Goodbye, <sighs> We survived. I'm tired. <laughs> Did yeah. we make it? We made it! We made it! We survived the leftovers... It's a long month. <laughs> it's gonna be a long Games. month, but don't worry. It'll it'll be worth it. What isn't it? Watch it'll, it'll be worse for you. It's like Watch Dogs two. Watch Dogs two just came out. Dishonored two just came out. Pokemon Sun and Moon's coming, coming out. out. 
And then Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy 15. Am, am, am I the only out. one that's not hype for Pokemon Sun? Yeah, just you. Don't worry, man. I, I am so with <laughs> yeah. you. You can't just say that on here. You don't. All right, guys. No, because of Pikachu. Say goodbyes. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in the next yep. one. See you in the next one. Please don't miss it. All right, so I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs>